Welcome to You News, the podcast, using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. This is Friday, July 10th. I'm Carolina Sarasa, and these are today's headlines. Alarming rise in cases, coronavirus explodes in 36 states, 10 of those breaking records. The president in Florida, one of the epicenters of the outbreak, but the pandemic is not on his agenda. Plus, Univision gets inside access to one of the main Texas hospitals on the front lines of the fight against the virus. And the mother of U.S. soldier Vanessa Guillen criticizes the military for irregularities in the investigation into her daughter's murder. And we begin today with coronavirus cases surging across the country. A new forecast from the CDC predicting up to 160,000 Americans could die by August 1st. Thursday alone, 63,000 new COVID-19 cases in the U.S. Dr. Anthony Fauci is saying some states open too early, like Florida, where more than 11,000 cases have been reported in the past 24 hours. Lorraine Casares has more details. As coronavirus sweeps through parts of the country, a dire warning from Dr. Anthony Fauci saying Texas, Arizona and Florida should pause their reopenings. And there are some times when despite the guidelines and the recommendations to open up carefully and prudently, some states skipped over those and just opened up too quickly. As cases in Arizona soar, testing is falling short of demand, people lining up for hours. I had a gentleman who was in tears because he had waited so long and for so many days, and that's what breaks my heart. For over a month now, Arizona has led the nation with the highest average of cases per 100,000 people. On Thursday, the governor, Doug Ducey, promising to increase testing and announcing new safety measures. Today, there's a new executive order that will limit indoor dining to less than 50% occupancy. In Florida, more than 50 hospitals have zero ICU beds available. This graph by the New York Times showing a nearly 1,400% increase in average daily COVID cases compared to when Florida opened about two months ago. Dr. Fauci says Florida reopened too soon. Certainly Florida, I know, you know, I think jumped over a couple of checkpoints. Texas reporting its highest number of coronavirus deaths in a single day Thursday, as well as California, with 149 people dying within 24 hours. For those that just think uh, that now people are getting it, no one's dying, uh, that is very misleading. In fact, it's fundamentally untrue. Meanwhile, President Trump insisting on Fox News that cases are up because testing has increased, that deaths are down to a minimum, and most cases of coronavirus are not serious. The testing is just showing up all these cases. And if you turn the news on, you'll see it's always the word cases. They don't talk about death because deaths are way down. They talk about cases, all the time cases. And those cases get better. And they, in most, most cases, in almost... I mean, literally, in most cases, they automatically cure. They automatically get better. The president also claiming that the increase in testing has been the best thing to happen to his presidential opponent, Joe Biden, suggesting that the increase in cases and coronavirus is harming his own reelection efforts. Back to you, Carolina. Thank you, Lorraine, for the live report from Miami, Florida. And as you just mentioned, 
Texas reported the highest number of fatalities in a single day yesterday, 105. A couple of days ago, the state broke its record for the number of daily new cases, more than 10,000 in just 24 hours. Pedro Rojas visited the intensive care unit of a hospital in Houston. We met Elias Rubio as he was praying to God for a quick recovery at the COVID-19 patients unit at the United Memorial Medical Center Hospital in Houston, Texas, a pioneering institution in the advancement of a treatment that has produced an over 90% recovery rate. I have been isolated for several days, at least for six or seven days, Elias said. In order to access the area, we were asked to wear three layers of personal protection equipment, two masks, and a face shield, and also a fixed photo of ourselves on our chest to make it easier for patients to identify us. Dr. Joseph Baron leads the operation alongside doctors and nurses from several countries. He says that anyone who has symptoms needs to take action. About 90% of what we have are people that have no means, uh, and we don't care. I mean, we take care of them regardless of their uh, immigration status, regardless of their uh, race. Latania Robinson is a nurse who has tested positive for coronavirus. She thinks that the removal of restrictions in many states could be one of the factors behind the sudden rise of COVID-19 cases across the country. It's not a host. This is the real thing. I can't express it no more than what I'm doing right here in this bed. I've gone through it. I still have a hard time. I still struggle. For many patients that have been diagnosed with coronavirus, this is their reality. They spend hours and hours at a hospital room awaiting for their results of their treatment. The government has not given us uh, any, any money. Through the CARES Act, we're supposed to <coughs> get paid, but nothing today. Every patient receives a protocol for treatment with multiple medicines, and they try to avoid connecting them to ventilators as much as possible because that makes them difficult to recover properly. Dr. Alan Araiza explained how COVID-19 damages the lungs and causes severe bleeding. This black color is normal in a normal lung, but as you can see in this picture, you can see how sick this patient is, Dr. Araiza says. The hospital has also done over 90,000 coronavirus tests and will continue doing them. In Houston, Texas, Pedro Rojas, U News. Such a sad case. Now, Tropical Storm Faye has formed off the coast of North Carolina. The National Weather Service says Faye is projected to bring heavy rain and high winds to portions of the mid-Atlantic coast and southern New England. Tropical storm warnings have been issued from Cape May, New Jersey, to Watch Hill, Rhode Island. The White House says President Trump is delaying his campaign rally in New Hampshire because of the storm that he just held in Southcombe. There was no mention of the dire situation in South Florida with the COVID. He was there basically to celebrate that anti-narcotics operation that had started back in April. And according to authorities there today, over a thousand people have been arrested. Billions of dollars have been uh, seized uh, when it comes to drugs that are, according to the Trump administration, are coming north from Venezuela. 
and are profiting the Maduro regime. So that this operation um, is basically trying to combat that truck traffic from uh, the south up to the U.S. But like I said, no mention of the situation there. And this trip has come under great fire by critics that say that the logistics of getting the president to Southcom, to that command center, and then to a fundraiser and another event later on today comes with great dangers to the staffers, to the agents who are traveling with the president today because of the COVID situation in South Florida. We already know that in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, when he held that rally, dozens of Secret Service agents had to go into quarantine after um, after he was um, he was there, and six staffers were sick from coronavirus. So we would have to see what the outcome of this trip brings. Well, thank you, thank you so much, Janet, for that report over the phone from Washington D.C. talking about President Trump and his trip. To Florida. Now, according to reports from Puerto Rico, the singer Bad Bunny has had an emergency surgery for appendicitis. Although his health is not in danger, the star will have to stay in the hospital for the next four to five days. Earlier this week, the Puerto Rican artist became the first man to appear solo on the cover of Playboy magazine, except for the founder, Hugh Hefner. Singer and personality Chiquis Rivera and her husband, Lorenzo Mendez, have tested positive for coronavirus. The couple announced it on an Instagram Live Thursday. The daughter of late Jenny Rivera said she feels good but lost her sense of smell and taste. The couple is asking for prayers. One of the big dilemmas for authorities is whether or not they should reopen schools in the fall. The New York City School District, the largest in the country, is making changes for this coming school season. Blanca Rosa Vilches has more on what that means for families. It's a debate and a big worry around the country to open or not the schools and who should make the final decision. School reopenings are a state decision, period. Uh, that is the law and uh, that is uh, the, the way we're going to proceed. Uh, it's not up to the President of the United States. The President has threatened with cutting federal contributions to the states that refuse to open the schools and also said that the CDC guidelines are too expensive and rigid. We're going to do guidance for parents and or reference documents for parents and caregivers, reference documents for schools to understand better how to monitor for symptoms, reference documents for the how to use face mask in the school setting and reference documents for uh, how to evaluate and monitor. So I think it's really important. It's not a revision of the guidelines. For the mayor of New York, it could be a mixed reopening. Blended learning simply means at some points in the week, you're learning in person in the classroom. At other points in the week, you're learning remotely. And we all know remote learning is not perfect, but we've also seen a lot of kids benefit greatly from it. That creates a problem for working parents like Wendy Suero and her daughter, Natalia. I like to study at school because my friends can help me and, and the teacher can help me. Talk about your mask and how you play. Do you think it's going to be easy for you to keep your mask on? Yes. It's not an easy conclusion, but what happens in the city will be a precedent for the rest of the country. In New York, 
Blanca Rosa Vilches, U News. Thank you, Blanca, for that report. Now let's go to California, where a woman is suing her former employer. The mother, the mother of two says she was fired because her kids were making too much noise during work calls when she was working from home because of the pandemic. Drisana Rios filed the lawsuit last month against that company, Hub International. Drisana, thank you for your time. Of course, thank you for having me. Trisana, first, how was the transition to working from home like for you? Uh, extremely difficult, as you can imagine. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old baby, and um, it was very stressful, but I figured, you know, I have no choice. We are in a global pandemic, um, and we're just going to pray that it works out, um, and it was stressful. It was extremely stressful. Uh, trying to do both. Being a mom alone is a full-time job, and then to add an actual full-time job to that uh, was extremely stressful and, and hectic. I can completely understand how hard it must be for a mom to work from home and also have to have to take care of her two children. What kind of comments were you getting from your supervisors? Um, Consistent comments of they were tired of accommodating my schedule, um, figure out my kid's situation. And uh, the worst one that keeps replaying it in my head uh, was when I asked uh, my manager if he wanted me to lock my one-year-old in the room. And uh, his response was, figure it out. That's, it keeps replaying in my head. Um, I think that was the most damaging one. And sorry, I just can't get it out of my head that somebody would respond to me that way, a father. Um, so it was just consistent throughout the months that I worked from home and uh, it ended with those comments that really, uh, really affected me. What was your reaction when your boss tells you, go lock your son inside a room? Uh, when he responded, figure out to that comment, I, I was crying on the phone. And I said, I just I can't believe that. That's your response to this. Uh, so I was just crying. I didn't know what else to do. I was doing my job. I was getting things done. Um, I worked so hard to climb up the corporate ladder. I am a hard worker. Um, I'm a mom, and I shouldn't be discriminated for being a mother and having a career. And it hurt me. It was degrading and demeaning that he would just say those things. No compassion. And as a father, you would think he would have it. So it was just degrading. And... I just can't get it out of my head. Risana, your former company, Hub International, says, quote, while we cannot comment on pending litigation, Hub is proud to have successfully transitioned 90% of its 12,000 employees to working remotely from home throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. Did you look for solutions so you could devote more attention to work? How hard was that for you? Well, we're in a global pandemic, um, so it was not 
easy to find somebody to come to my home during these times the schools were closed. Um, these are different times. I, I couldn't easily go on care.com and have somebody come into my home. Um, my, my own mother was too scared. I mean, this is a serious issue where it's not just we're closed for the summer. We are in a global pandemic. I, I searched so hard to find somebody to care for them during this time. Um, we early on established, if you don't want to hear my children doing business calls, let's focus on in the afternoon when the baby's napping. And he just didn't respect that. He made continuous comments about not having noise in the background, um, just overlapping appointments during the lunchtime that we established in the beginning. And for three months, he consistently didn't respect that at all. And I didn't understand because I did my work. I did. I am a hard worker. And he didn't respect that, obviously. The comments were all towards my children. And the constant harassment since the first week that I started working from home, it started till the end. And it's just, it's difficult for me to understand because I was doing a great job. I was doing two full-time jobs and meeting the deadline. And his only complaint were my children. So I didn't know what else to do, you know? I want to work. I've always worked. Um, and they just kicked me to the curb. HR didn't help me. I went to them multiple times. And the final time that I went, they just kicked me to the curb. They kicked me to the curb. And during a global pandemic, which how am I supposed to find a job? I've been searching so hard to do that. Since I got fired, it's hard. I have two babies. Rosanna, I completely understand your pain. I completely understand the frustration of having to work full-time, also having two kids at home, which are also two full-times. I really admire you for your courage, for speaking to us, for speaking to other newspapers, media outlets, because you are creating uh, awareness of this problem that is going on with many mothers like yourself. Thank you so much for your time today, Drisana Rios, and the best of luck to you. Thank you. Moving on, despite several demands for their release, hundreds of children continue to be detained with their mothers in immigration centers in Texas. A Univision investigation found the federal agencies still looking for ways to separate them. Luis Mejid has that report. Time after time, the courts order ICE to release detained children. But a Univision investigation reveals the agency hasn't complied and hundreds of detained mothers fear being separated from their kids. This woman can't imagine giving up custody of her son. She came all the way to the United States so they can stay together. Last May, ICE gave a document to almost 300 mothers and asked them to sign it. The document would have allowed the children to be released to a sponsor while the mother would continue to be in custody. ICE said in a statement, the agency is not separating family, but just trying to comply with court orders. Attorneys for the families say the government is using the pandemic to scare mothers, and they see no reason for them to be detained. They face a difficult situation, made even harder for the ghost of a forced separation. In San Francisco, Luis Mejid, U News. More of U News after this short break. 
Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. The Senate will turn itself into a courtroom. The private border fence is being installed. A police officer and three people were killed inside a Jewish supermarket in Jersey City. U News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your world, your news. U News on Fusion. Welcome back to you news. My little girl, I always kissed her on the mouth like this, always. With pain, Gloria Guillén remembers her daughter Vanessa, the soldier killed at Fort Hood, Texas on April 22nd. In an interview with Univision, she spoke of the deep pain she feels after the army confirmed her daughter's death. I found her, but how did I find her? Dead. My girl was dead. They thought I'd never find her, but God is so great. Gloria Guillén told us that the family had already selected the church and the Catholic priest who will officiate at the funeral mass. She said that over the weekend, Army personnel will meet with the family to coordinate the funeral services. Relatives from Zacatecas, Mexico, received humanitarian visas to come and pay their last respects to Vanessa. They took a piece of me, the most beautiful, the most wonderful, which is my child, cruelly. I don't really know how they killed her because no one wants to tell me, because they say I'm sick and I could lose my mind later. She wants to request an additional forensic certification of the autopsy. She says that the Harris County Sheriff in Houston, Ed Gonzalez, promised to help her with a DNA test to compare the results with the remains of her daughter that were found. She also told us that a soldier at the base where her daughter worked gave her a lot of information, which she cannot reveal at this time. I can't talk because they'll kill me or my family disappear, she says. But you can because you can't be heard because you already know it's them. To investigate that rotten base, if it's a general, a colonel, the damn surgeons where my daughter was, anyone who's responsible should be arrested. She said that she's not going to give up the public fight for justice for her daughter. She's hoping that Congress will initiate an investigation into the case. Vanessa Guillén's funeral will be held late next week. Jorge Hernández, U News. Now, new details in the investigation into the death of Brianna Taylor. She's the black woman who was shot and killed in her Kentucky home in the middle of the night. Government officials in South Korea have released a note discovered on the mayor's desk. Park Won-soon was found dead Thursday. The note was released with the permission of his family. He apologizes to his family for causing them pain. The apparent suicide came after one of Park's former secretaries filed a complaint Wednesday alleging the mayor had sexually harassed her. Bolivian interim president Janine Añez has tested positive for coronavirus. At least four top Bolivian officials have contracted COVID-19. This, she says, made her go and get tested. The interim president says she will be quarantined for 14 days and then get a new test. Agnes will work virtually while in isolation. The United Nations has called on Brazil to end all evictions amid the pandemic. This comes almost one month after the Brazilian president vetoed efforts by Congress to stop evictions. 
The UN says more than 2,000 families have already been evicted and thousands more are at risk. The international organization says because of the pandemic, evictions pose a health risk. In Mexico, measures to prevent the spread of the virus have caused serious consequences to the economy. Millions of Mexicans have not received an income in the last three months due to the pandemic and feel abandoned by the government. Carla Rivera has the story. Support us, help us, please. This is too much. We can't take it anymore. When is the pandemic going to end, my God? Have piety and mercy on us. We can no longer take it. This is Silvia. She cries and is desperately asking for help. Like millions of Mexicans, she hasn't received an income in the last three months. She worked in a church and also sold flowers outside a restaurant in Mexico City. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, she lost her job, lost her clients, and ran out of money to pay rent. When it's possible, she sleeps in a hotel. The church closed, the office closed, everything closed. The priest said he will call me when he needs me. I ran out of money to eat, to pay the boss, to pay for a place to sleep. In her attempt to continue selling flowers on the streets, Sylvia has had problems with authorities. City officials have taken her flowers, have hit her, and even have detained her. I want someone to walk in my shoes. Horrible things have happened to me. I have been beaten. I have been taken to jail. I didn't make the video to get famous. I did it because I wanted someone to listen to me. I want someone to see what's happening. Mexico only invested 0.7% of its GDP in fiscal programs to mitigate the impact of the pandemic. Despite needing it, Silvia hasn't received any government help. Citizens believe this is the time to show solidarity and empathy with those who need it the most. If you have the opportunity to support someone, you have to take it, because she might need our help today, maybe I'll need it tomorrow. Containment measures to prevent the spread of coronavirus have caused serious consequences on the economic activity. In March, there were 57 million employed Mexicans, and today there are 45 million. 2 million formal jobs and 10 million informal jobs have been lost. From Mexico City, Carla Rivera, Unius. Thanks for listening to U News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow U News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.